0: I'm Jess, a women's health enthusiast, raising my family around the world, and like you, I'm a girl who's seeking solutions. And I'm Cody, a holistic
1: health practitioner, functional nutritionist, and a period problem solver. Did you know that periods don't have to feel like a monthly curse? That's right. We want every girl to actually look forward to her time of the month because our periods can tell us so much about our health.
0: It's time we start seeing our periods as our girl superpower. Yep. We are here to
1: change the conversation about periods and everything else related to our health and happiness. Let's talk. Welcome back everybody. This is Jess and Cody here on the It's Her Time podcast. We're so excited that you're here. And today we are going to talk about stubborn weight because this is something we've been kind of talking about throughout the month and how it's so connected to hormones and I feel like all of us understand like there is nothing more frustrating than when weight just shows up like out of nowhere and it won't budge. That's the most frustrating part too. No matter what you try, no matter what exercise, no matter what diet, whatever, it's just not budging. So what I want to share in this episode today is what I found is that weight gain is always a symptom of something else happening in your body. And today I'm going to share what the most likely culprit is. Do you have a guess on what it might be, Jess? No, tell me, Cody. Okay, well, guess it. Believe it or not, it comes down to our hormones, ladies. What you guys- do you know? <laughs> exactly. Surprise! Surprise. So I know many of us notice when we notice, like when we notice some weight creeping on. Like, what is the first thing that we usually set out to do? I'm putting exercise more and cut our calories. Oh, you nailed it. A plus for sure. We totally, you know, we are in that little mode of thinking that that's what's going to help us to lose weight, but it's so frustrating when you're, like, eating less, you're moving more, and the pounds just are seeming like they're even getting, like, they're coming on even more and more. Um, And successfully losing fat and then obviously then maintaining a healthy weight it's so important for us girls to make sure our hormones are balanced and that they are on our side. And so this is what this episode is going to be all about. You girls hear me talk a lot about estrogen and progesterone and these sex hormones. Um, And yes, of course, these two sex hormones play a huge role in whether we have a healthy weight or not. But if you've listened to other episodes on this show, you've also heard me talk about the pyramid of hormones and how at the very top of our pyramid, there are some alpha hormones And at the very bottom are our actual sex hormones like progesterone and estrogen. And it's when these sex hormones become unbalanced that we actually need to look up the period. and I mean, up the pyramid, not the period, and then address those hormones first. That's always the approach they've taken with any of my clients is that we don't just necessarily just address the imbalance of progesterone and estrogen. We actually look at the hormones and imbalances that could be happening above that and those alpha, the two main alpha hormones that affect our weight are cortisol, which you also hear me talk a lot about on the show, but the other I don't think I talk about enough in the, on the show is insulin, all right? So today what you girls are going to be learning about is why insulin balance matters so much, especially for you girls that are 35 years or older, um, and especially if you are entering into menopause or nearing menopause, um, perimenopause and entering menopause, also— We're going to talk about how insulin resistance and blood sugar instability majorly contributes to stubborn weight, especially around that midsection around your belly. Also, I want to give you guys all of the things that you can do about it. So I'm going to talk to you today about the testing criteria to establish if you are indeed facing an insulin resistance issue. And also, I'm going to give you guys simple, natural tools and little switches that you can make in your life to help your insulin sensitivity come back on track and also help you become more insulin sensitive and more metabolically healthy. So I'm excited. This is going to be a good deep dive. This is something I feel like a lot of you girls write into us wondering about. And so, But before we get into that, today we're going to obviously go
0: into our favorite segment of the show, Mixer's Girls Say. Yes, and today is a very um, special Mixers Girls Say because this goes right along with my personal, very, very personal experience with her time. So today for our Mixers Girls Say, we're going to go through some comments that girls make about their life before and after her time. Love it. So if you want to look up on our Mixers Instagram, there's a post of before and afters of girls and their hormonal acne. And her time has come in and helped thousands of women clear up their acne as well as obviously help mm-hmm. with the many PMS symptoms that can come along um, previous to her time. So Yay. I'm going to read through some really, really awesome comments that… Should I get girls, the box of tissues out? Seriously. Know if you we and I just are like, going to cry, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So this girl, Lauren, says her time does so much more than just clear hormonal acne. I used to have unbearable period cramps to the point I couldn't do anything during my period and now I have no cramps and I feel normal on my period. This stuff is amazing. That makes me so happy because I feel like what we want for women is for them to just get out and be thriving in life and not feel like every time their period comes, their life has to stop. Mm and be on a hold and they have to wait you know yes. so that's that's something that we're so passionate about over here at mixers is like helping women feel better throughout their entire month yes amen and uh, i know i've mentioned this is there anything like there's there's something so frustrating about hormonal acne mm-hmm. and the insecurities that um can come along with hormonal acne so okay Yes, yeah. I'm happy her time can help. Uh, yay. I know. I'm so happy for her. So another one. I have to share my personal experience with her time. After I gave birth to my son in 2016, my hormones were out of whack and I was actually diagnosed with hyperthy- hyperthyroidism. My period was every two weeks. A doctor even wanted to give me a hysterectomy at 30 years old. I was placed on several medications that made me feel worse mentally and physically and made me gain 20 pounds in one month. Oh gosh, mm. this is breaking my heart. Doctors actually told me it was all in my head and advised me to go see a therapist. I then discovered mixers and stopped all medication, cold turkey, which I know was very dangerous, but it was a personal decision, and I felt like I couldn't live the way I was any longer. I ordered and I started drinking her time daily. Within two months, I have noticed a huge change. My periods are much lighter. My acne has completely gone away, and I'm starting to see the scale go down. Finally, I feel clarity and mostly important— most importantly, my cycles have been on time, even down to the date, every single month. Mixers has been life-changing, and I can't thank you guys enough. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> we Those, love this. We, we do love this. <laughs> yeah, tissues are out right now. No, I, it just makes me
1: so happy because I'm so proud of that girl for um, listening to her own instincts and actually just taking her health into her own hands, even though she was you know, being guided down a path by probably a doctor she respected a lot. and And we respect doctors here at Mixers— but so many times they, they're they just limited in the the things that they can advise you to do. And so I love that we can offer this, like, this solution that helps mm-hmm. to address the root cause of all of the symptoms that she was describing that she's been dealing with. So mm-hmm. that's so
0: awesome. I agree mm. with you, Cody. And something that um, was posted, we were on an Instagram Live the other night. And it's a very common question, but it was asked while we were on an Instagram Live mm-hmm. was, what ages are okay for me to be giving my daughter her time? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of young, young, young girls are starting to struggle with their menstrual cycles. And we did have a mom write in during our, on our IG live. And she mentioned that she's been giving her daughter that's 13 years old her time daily, and that she's seen an immediate transition in her daughter's um, menstrual cycle. And That's so fantastic for us to hear because what we're passionate about is that we can change how we feel and, like, the women that are seeing mixers, obviously, like, um, on social media or, like, the friends in our life or women in our life. But really something else we're passionate about is changing, like, Mm -hmm. the next generation. Mm
1: -hmm. Like,
0: changing the education they have, changing the tools that they have, um the supplements they have, and things like that. The so experience that they have. Absolutely. You know? yeah. The Yep. The, just even just the thoughts they have around their mm-hmm. period and how it's actually awesome to have a healthy period. And I feel like that's completely different than the education, lack of education mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I had been given, you had yeah. been given, um, no knowledge, no information, just a really crappy time of the month, every month, mm-hmm. get used to it. So I was thrilled to hear— of this mom that was willing to invest in her daughter's hormonal health. And she's not too young to be investing in her hormonal health. Let's help our girls from a younger age to feel supported um, and ready for an
1: awesome life. You know, you can start her time even before your daughter even begins her period. It's because uh, hormones are starting to fluctuate before the period actually begins. And so if you can give your body— your daughter's body, the nourishment that it needs in order to kind of transition into this new phase of her life, mm-hmm. you're setting her up for success. And so there's, it's, we always say her time is for all ages and stages and we mean it. It's from all the way before you
0: start your period to after you've even stopped your period and have gone into menopause. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to read one last one and then we'll hop into the episode. So Amy writes, I ordered a 30 day supply of her time back in early December, and I cannot even begin to thank you enough for this product. I've always had heavy periods, unbearable cramps, and I needed to take Advil several times within the first few days of my cycle to even survive. I kid you not taking this consistently. I legit did not take Advil even once. And I truly could cry. I haven't Noticed a lighter flow yet, but I would trade no cramps and debilitating pain over that any day. I feel so much better. I cannot wait to continue to take this and see what other benefits come along with time. And that's something we're so passionate about as well as making sure that we're educating women to realize that her time requires consistency. And like she, like she stated, mm-hmm. Amy noticed in the first month that she already saw these benefits. And then she stated she knows that she's going to continue using her time for additional benefits and additional um, symptoms to be relieved. So I love that she is recognizing um, the power of consistency mm-hmm. and immediate results and long-lasting results as she continues. So um, this is great information from other women yeah. that love her time like we do. So and awesome. yes, we're so grateful for all the women that are taking a chance on Mixer's products, and also we're so passionate about the benefits that our product, her time, can provide. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science, and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let Mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Thanks for listening, and now we're going to pop into the episode. Okay, this is going to be really fun. Well, I think so,
1: because I feel like this is something that I get asked a lot about, and I know it's something that many of us think about a ton, And especially this time of year, it just is kind of one of those things where we're thinking about our weight. And maybe over the last couple of weeks, you've been trying to kind of start a new kind of program or something in order to be able to kind of drop some extra pounds that you're not comfortable with. And maybe it's feeling hard to do. Maybe it's not feeling effective. Maybe it's feeling like you're doing it, but you're just relying solely on willpower. All of these things are things that I want to explain today in today's episode about how it is so much more than just kind of the old school model of calories in versus calories out and willpower and all of that. It really comes down to our hormones. All right. So today we're going to talk all about that. Now, Hormones are a mysterious creature, right? They ebb, they flow, they go up and down, and but when they're balanced, they actually make our bodies work like magic. But when they're out of balance, they can completely wreak havoc. Hormone imbalances can lead to things like chronic stress, irregular menstrual cycles in women, um, mood swings, and weight gain. You know, and so I want to today, I want to just take a look at the ins and the outs of how a hormone imbalance can actually lead to weight gain and then see what we can do to prevent this. Um, It's a super common health issue and see if we can prevent this and if we need to, to reverse it, right? Okay. So if you've noticed that you've put on a few extra pounds... Um, and you haven't changed your diet, and you haven't changed your exercise routine, many times the culprit could be a hormone imbalance. But I want you to understand how this happens, okay? So our hormones, which reside within our endocrine system, are responsible for so many inner workings of our body. And different hormones correspond with different cells. And then together... They work to govern a huge myriad of bodily functions, things like regulating our stress, um, balancing our metabolism, maintaining that healthy weight, Uh, but they also regulate our appetite and our cravings, which we have just talked about, Um, but they also prevent things like depression and just so much more. And when it comes to hormone imbalance and then weight regulation, even the most minute changes can have a huge effect on our metabolism especially as we age, um, there's certain key hormone levels that decrease and it makes it so that weight gain is much more likely. All right. So in order to lose weight and then to keep it off, we need to understand how all this like intricate inner workings um, of our many hormones actually are working and, and what what's going on. All right. So once we understand the relationship that comes between our hormones and weight gain, then it's easier for us to take the right steps. You know, the ones that are going to help us to balance hormones. And then eventually when our our hormones are balanced, our body kind of trusts us and it allows our body to just lose that weight. And it allows us to lose that weight in a sustainable and a healthy way, which is so key. So I'm so excited to dive into this more with you guys today. So, okay, first the very first hormone (laughs) that I want to mention today. And I would say it is the number one hormone that is associated with stubborn weight. And you might not guess it because uh, we don't really talk a ton about it um, on this podcast, although it is something that is key to all of this. And so it's why it's the first um, hormone that I want us to mention today. Um, And it's insulin. Okay. Now, why? Because The reason it's so important is that I have talked about this in other episodes is how insulin is actually one of our alpha hormones. And when it's imbalanced, um, it is absolutely the number one hormone connected to stubborn weight because it controls so many things. Insulin is one of the most important hormones when it comes to weight loss, but also to weight gain. So insulin is, it's made by our pancreas. And insulin is responsible for things like storing blood sugar or utilizing it, um, depending on what our body's needs are in the moment. And every time we eat a large meal, um, a substantial amount of insulin releases itself into our bloodstream. It also enters the bloodstream, though, as needed throughout the day, making sure that our blood sugar levels stay stable. Um, Another key function... Um, of this hormone, insulin, is fat storage. Like That's its job, right? So insulin, what it does is it decides how much fat to store. And it also decides how much to convert into energy. So if we have chronically high levels of insulin, what it can do is it can lead to a condition known as insulin resistance. And you've probably heard of insulin resistance. This is like an epidemic. So many people have insulin resistance is something that we're almost predestined for now with our current lifestyles and our current um, eating habits, right? And insulin resistance is linked to an uptick in blood sugar. And it's also, you know, as well as a continued elevated um, insulin levels, right? So preventing this insulin imbalance is so crucial because not only does it lead to weight gain, it, even worse, what it does is it leads to type two diabetes, which then also leads to so many other things. Um, I feel passionate about it because this is something I have that runs in my family. My father, that is what eventually took his life was type two diabetes. So insulin is something that we really do need to pay attention to. And when insulin levels, when they stay high for too long, over a long extended period of time, what happens is we become obese, and then also what is another thing that happens, and you don't even have to look obese to have this, but your body may is storing more fat than is healthy, and it's known as metabolic syndrome. And these are just the unfortunate outcomes that come when we have just chronic elevated insulin in our body. So what can we do about it? Let's talk about that because obviously I don't want to just be doom and gloom because I feel like so many of us understand some of this, right? We've, we are familiar with it enough because every single person listening today, I'm sure knows somebody who is dealing with, um, this type of, um, situation in their life. So How do we ensure that our insulin levels remain balanced? Okay, first and foremost, we just need to stop eating too much, right? Easy, right? Um, It's a known fact, you know, that overeating leads to insulin resistance, especially when we eat too much of the foods that are not good for our bodies and for our minds. Okay, so things like when we eat too much sugar or if we are eating too much fast food and too many processed carbohydrates what happens is our insulin just goes haywire and these elevated insulin levels always lead to weight gain because what they're doing is it's causing a low grade inflammation and this is our and the weight gain is our body's response to that low grade inflammation there was a study that was done in 2010 And it was published in the journal that's just called Diabetes. And what it found was that even eating too much of these foods, even if it's just in a short term, actually can lead to insulin resistance and weight gain. So it's really important to kind of take a look at what your diet looked like today. What have you eaten? Do you have high sugar? Did you go out to lunch? You know, these are things that are like a daily habit for so many of us. And we don't even think about how it's actually affecting our bodies. Right. We think, you know, we, we think about it when we all of a sudden see the numbers on the scale go up. Right. But if we could think about it on a daily basis, we might not have to have that panic moment when we step on a scale or we can't button up our pants or whatever it is. So anyways, according to that study that was published, Um, There's another one actually that was published in the Nutrition and Metabolism Journal, and it talked about how actually a low-carb diet can prevent metabolic syndrome and the insulin resistance um, that causes metabolic syndrome. So I feel like it's important for you to understand when I say a low-carb diet, that doesn't mean no carbs. (laughs) Carbs are really important, Um, but trying to get your carbohydrate intake from foods like fruits and veggies. And a little less like processed grains. All right. So think like as un, you know, processed as possible, as natural as possible, get your carbs mostly from those sources and you will feel, you'll feel great. Okay. So I don't want you to think that no carbs, but a lower carb diet, just kind of considering that actually can have a huge beneficial effect for you. The other things, um, that they're finding in this study they talked about is that drinking green tea, um, is very helpful, you know, for preventing insulin resistance. Also making sure that you're consuming enough omega-3 fatty acids. One of the best ways to get those omega-3 fatty acids is from fatty fish. Um, But also just making sure, and this is something I try to do with every meal that I have and recommend it to all my clients, is that you want to make sure you're eating um, adequate amounts of protein Um, because all of that does is helps to balance your insulin levels throughout the day at every single meal because insulin will spike after we eat. But if we can get in enough protein, then what it can do is it can stabilize it and it kind of controls that spike a little bit. Okay. So I know it's way easier said than done to say like, yeah, just eat less. Right. But one of the main things that makes it hard for us to eat less is that, um, we don't always have the control, right? We we don't always feel like we understand how much our body needs because we kind of tend to feel hungry. Um, we're still hungry. So our body is telling us that we need to eat, right? And um, this is obviously, as you guessed it, another reason um, we're talking about this is because many times when you have that kind of feeling and that, that struggle, it's again, it's not because... Um, You don't have enough willpower. What it is, is because of imbalanced hormones. So the next hormone that I want to talk about is one of our hunger hormones. And you've probably heard of it, or maybe you haven't. I don't know, but let's talk about it. Um, It's the hormone leptin. Okay, so leptin is essential to understand, especially if we're serious about maintaining a healthy weight. Um, We can think of leptin as our appetite suppressant hormone. It's what tells our bodies that we are full that we're satiated. All right. It, it's a, it's made actually within our fat cells. And what it does is it talks to our brain and it tells our body, um, when we feel hungry or full. Okay. So it's a huge, it's a huge player in all of this. All right. And when leptin levels are balanced, then naturally we just don't overeat because we feel full after eating a a well-rounded meal. And that fullness can last for hours, right? Instead of just like immediately after having a meal and then you're instantly like craving something sweet or something like that. If that's something that happens, that might be something that you need to pay attention to, right? Because leptin is like insulin and that it hates the right kinds of food. It hates the wrong kinds of food, I should say. Um, So I don't know if you've ever noticed like how when you eat sweets or processed foods um, that you still sometimes feel empty and then you're wanting um, even more food after even a short period of time because eating trans fats and processed foods over the long term, they actually lead your body to leptin resistance because your body, it's one of the main things that's going on with this is that there's a couple of things. First of all, when you're eating those kinds of foods, they're nutrient deficient And so your body is thinking it needs more nutrients, right? So even though you've had enough calories, you've taken in enough quantity of food that you should feel full, you're taking in kind of empty calories. And so your body is telling you, oh, I'm still hungry because I'm not getting the nutrients that I need, right? And when this happens over and over and over again, what it does is it can actually create leptin resistance because your body is going to continue to try to release um, leptin, but your, your body, your brain is just not going to be able to understand that signal. And it's just going to kind of become numb to it in a way. All right. So when our bodies become resistant to leptin, leptin levels become way too high, right? In fact, um, when you look at, um, studies that are looking at overweight individuals, and those, those individuals get their leptin levels tested, typically what they find is that their leptin levels are high, as high as um, four times, like more than the normal level. So they're way more elevated than where they should be. What's more is that it's really difficult to balance leptin levels once you do become resistant. So with leptin resistance communication between the brain and leptin is impaired. So our brain doesn't understand that it's full. And so we feel like we can and should just keep eating. It's as if our brain just thinks we're starving. And when in reality, we're just leptin resistant. Okay. So what do we do then to reverse leptin resistance or even prevent it from happening to us in the first place? Okay. So Let's talk food. Let's talk drink. Let's talk supplements, okay? Everything in our body is impacted by what we put into it, and leptin's no different. So sugar in particular can cause leptin levels in our body to skyrocket. So obviously, we're going to want to eat less sugar. That's one of the best things that we can do just right off the bat. Other ways, though, that we can prevent, excuse me, or reduce leptin resistance is things like this. So consuming an anti-inflammatory diet. Now, you girls can guess what I mean when I say an anti-inflammatory diet. This is a diet that is rich in colorful fruits and vegetables, okay? It is as whole food-based as possible and less processed as possible, okay? Nutrient-dense. When we get these nutrients in our body, especially these antioxidants that can come from the, you know, really richly colored fruits and vegetables, these are natural anti-inflammatories, okay? So it's important for us, remember, that the weight that we're carrying, this extra weight, is a result of inflammation. So if we can control what we're putting in our bodies and control that inflammation from there, then the weight will be able to just fall off of us as well. Okay, so one of the other things too, and I kind of mentioned it already is that if it's if you're not getting it enough like healthy you know fatty fish, for instance um or other like healthy omega three fatty you know foods then it's important to supplement. And I always recommend supplementing with an anti-inflammatory fish oil. I think it's something that we all need. (laughs) We're all deficient in it. Okay. The other thing you can do is commit to a regular exercise routine. Now it doesn't have to be hardcore. It doesn't have to be all the time. Now you can, you know, go back to some of our episodes where we talk about how to exercise according to our monthly cycle. Um, but you'll notice that every, you know, the if you want to keep it simple, the best thing to do is to just move your body and, and walking is great. Strength training is great, no matter what stage of the month you're in. Um, and this can help your body to be able to balance these hormones. The other thing is that is so important. And I, I know I emphasize this a lot because it's something hard for us to do is to get truly restorative sleep on a regular basis. Why is it so hard, right? To get good sleep. It just is. There's just so many things that affect our quality of sleep. So we need to do everything we can have that sleep hygiene, have those sleep habits, you know, all the things that we can help us to be able to get that really restorative sleep. Okay. So let's move on. Let's turn, let's learn a little bit more about another hunger hormone that's called ghrelin. Okay. You can think of ghrelin as, um, also your hung, one of your hunger hormones. It's like leptin. Um, it does communicate with our brain, but in this case, what it does is it tells our brain to eat. It tells our body that we're hungry. Okay. So every time your stomach is, is, becomes empty. What it does is it naturally releases ghrelin into your bloodstream. So when you hear your stomach uh, grumble, that's ghrelin. And I always think grumble and ghrelin kind of sound alike. And basically what it's doing is just sending that signal to your brain that you're hungry. And when ghrelin levels are at their lowest, it's pretty obvious. It's usually just after we've finished a meal. Okay, okay. They're at their highest though when the stomach is empty and then we're ready for our next meal. So this scenario is normal when a person though is healthy and is also maintaining optimal weight. An overweight person though, on the other hand, will find that like the other hormones that we've talked about, um, that ghrelin levels are typically out of whack, right? And in healthy individuals, ghrelin levels decrease in a way that satiates them and then signals to the brain to stop eating. But in obese individuals, Ghrelin levels don't decrease enough after eating, which fails to signal to send a signal to the brain um, that it's time to stop eating and that you are satisfied. Okay. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk about how we can balance our ghrelin levels, right? Because if you have a sneaking suspicion that your ghrelin levels are in need of some TLC, I want to make sure you have a couple of ways that you are aware of so that you know how to balance them. Okay. Again it's going to be really important for us to make sure that we're eating enough protein at every single meal. This is why. Protein helps us to feel full, and it really should be consumed with every meal. There's lots of studies that show how eating protein promotes healthy ghrelin levels, okay? Also, again, avoiding sugar as much as possible. Now, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I don't want to be the person that's always telling you, Never eat sugar because obviously it's okay to have a fun treat. But if it's something that's like, I mean, sugar is in a lot of things. (laughs) If you start reading your labels, you'll start seeing how much sugar is in things that you maybe wouldn't even think about like your um, ketchup or tomato sauce or bread or I mean, it's in so many things. So start looking at those labels and then try to reduce that sugar as much as possible, right? Because as you can see by now, as we've been talking about eating too much sugar, it really has a disrupting effect on on hormonal balance. And it really does make weight loss seem totally impossible, right? So read those labels. If an item contains one of the things you want to really look out for is high fructose corn syrup, just don't buy it. There's some sneaky names out there Some on some of the labels. They don't just come right out and say sugar, you know? And so you have to kind of understand what some of the other names are for sugar and then try to avoid those. Try to find a healthier option. Um, make things from home. When you cook for yourself, you're in control of what is actually going into the recipe that you're making. And you don't, you'll find you don't always have to add sugar. There's some things that you probably never would have added sugar, but you know, um, these companies that create processed foods, they're smart. Sugar is totally addictive. And if they can add more sugar and they can add salt and things like that, then it makes you more likely to crave it and become addicted to it and buy it more, right? These, these tricky little people out there that are trying to, um, sell food and it's really just sabotaging all of us. Okay. Um, there was this 2013 study that was published in Nutritional Diabetes. um, And what it did is it just showed how high fructose corn syrup is actually one of the primary culprits um, of imbalance when it comes to hormones and weight gain. So that's a big one. If you can just remember to look out for that one, be cautious of high fructose corn syrup, um, that will help you quite a bit. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Would it even be an It's Her Time podcast without me talking about the stress hormone cortisol, right? So let's just talk about it. But I want to talk specifically about how cortisol sabotages our weight loss attempts. Okay. So cortisol, it's created within our adrenal glands. Okay. And you girls know that because we talk a lot about that. Cortisol cortisol is known as our stress hormone and it's it's not a bad guy. All right. It's actually essential for survival. But the problem is, is that it's produced far too often in our modern day life. Right. And whenever our body or our mind um, perceives that it's under stress, what happens is cortisol is then released into our bloodstream. And the problem with this is that we feel stressed out way too often these days, which makes our bodies produce more cortisol than what is good for us. So Let's talk about how this overproduction of cortisol is related to weight gain. Okay. So first of all, heightened cortisol, what it does is it, it's totally linked to overeating. Have you girls ever noticed how, um, you eat when you're stressed? I know I always say that I'm like, I, I'm stress eating right now or whatever, but there's a reason for that. There was this, another study um, that was published in the journal of psycho And what it found is that higher than normal cortisol levels were linked to overeating. And then of course to weight gain, because when we overeat, we're going to gain weight. Um, and another study links cord elevated cortisol levels to an increase in belly fat. Okay. So if you're like, man, all of a sudden I'm just gaining weight and I'm losing my waist and I'm noticing it's just getting a little soft, you know, in the middle. This is a telltale sign that you may be experiencing elevated levels of cortisol. Okay. So it's really important for you to start implementing some of the things I'm about to talk about now. Okay. Cause we want to talk about how to get our cortisol under control. We want it to be a good guy and not the bad guy in our lives. Okay. So here are some of my top tips for maintaining healthy, balanced cortisol levels. Um, and they are things that you can do. They're free and they're easy and they're enjoyable, right? Because that's what it's all about. Cortisol is linked to stress and you're going to see how I'm going to try to get rid of some of the stress in your life. Okay. The easiest way to think about this is just think about what relaxes you. Okay. So I may give you some of these tips and it might not be your thing, but I just want you to think about what is it that relaxes you? Maybe even make a list for yourself. You know, maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's a walk in the park. Maybe it's taking a nice bubble bath or what I love to do when I've kind of Um, started doing more often is engaging in a creative project like painting or cooking or, you know, those kinds of things. But just find what relieves stress for you and then make it a priority to fit it into your daily routine. All right. It's self-care and it's necessary. And it's not something that you think about when you're like, I need to lose weight. And you're thinking, okay, I need a bubble bath. I just need more bubble baths, right? But it's so true. These bubble baths and these things that help give your body just that relaxation feeling actually tells your body that you're safe to release some of the stored weight, okay? The other thing is, obviously, it's super important for you to exercise regularly, okay? But it's, you know, yes, exercise, especially strength training and all that is going to build muscle, which is going to affect your metabolism greatly. But another thing is, is that exercising regularly, the right kinds of exercise are great stress relievers. Okay. So I would encourage you girls to give yoga a try. um, if it's not already part of your workout, um, regimen. Okay. The synchronized breath work that comes with a nice flowing, like Vinyasa routine Oh my gosh, it calms the nervous system. And anytime you do that deep breath work and you feel calm, you reduce cortisol and it all, you know, you still are getting a really great workout. It's good for the body and it's good for the mind, right? Another thing is that's so simple. Like when you're driving in the car, or you're just in your home or wherever you are, listen to your favorite music. Okay. There's a, a study that was done back in 2011 and it was um, in the journal Frontiers in Psychology, that found that patients who listened to instrumental music during surgery had lower cortisol levels than a control group. Okay. So this is the, something they were studying specifically for cortisol. Now, some people get stressed out just listening to like instrumental music, right? Um, so that's why I'm saying listen to your favorite music, listen to something that gives you a sense of happiness and calm and brings you joy. Um, and it will have the same effect, it will lower those cortisol levels. Okay, I'm sounding like a little bit of a broken record here, but we need to make sure. That we're getting enough sleep at night. Okay. Have you ever noticed how easily stressed and anxious you become on days when you're sleep deprived? I mean, watch out, right? So this happens because during a night of, of deep restorative sleep, um, our body is working to balance all of our hormones, including cortisol. Um, there's another study that was published in the peer-reviewed journal Aviation, Space, and Environmental Medicine that explored how sleep deprivation impacted helicopter pilots on a seven-day emergency medical duty. And what I th- I think it's interesting, and um, this is why I'm mentioning this study, because I think it's really cool, because what they found is that... It was actually sleep deprivation, not actually the act of the emergency medical care that elevated adrenaline and cortisol levels in these pilots' bodies. So yeah, it's just really important that sleep is key. We've got to make sure we're getting in enough sleep. Okay, I'm going to move on. We're going to move on to sex hormones because that's what we tend to talk more about. But I want you to understand kind of how they are also related to weight gain, how it impacts weight gain. Um, let's first talk about estrogen. Okay. Now estrogen, it's produced within our ovaries. Estrogen is responsible for optimal functioning of all of our female reproductive organs. Okay. It's essential for us girls. Estrogen promotes the storage of fat, for healthy reproductive years. That's right. We need some fat in order for us to be able to um, have healthy periods, to ovulate, to be able to um, carry a baby. You know, all of these things are really important. So it's not like this episode isn't about like get rid of all of your fat. Estrogen plays a role in maintaining the healthy levels of fat, though. So, but when estrogen is balanced, then it's the right amount of fat that helps us to carry out all of our female reproductive functions. But what happens is when there's too little or too much estrogen, that's when weight gain often results, okay? So overweight women typically have high amounts of estrogen. It's called estrogen dominance. You've heard me talk a lot about it. Um, There's all this happens, you know, before perimenopause and menopause, but this especially happens Once you get enter into perimenopause and menopause, um, because this is a time of life when there is a notable decrease in estrogen. Okay. So, um, either way, like I said before, either too little, okay. Or too much estrogen is going to have a big effect on our weight gain. So in order to balance estrogen levels naturally, and then to prevent the weight gain that happens, you know, with an estrogen imbalance, there's some things that we want to make sure that we're doing. Okay. Okay. We're going to exercise. <laughs> we are going to exercise. Okay. Make this a, I mean, if I've mentioned it how many times, probably a half dozen times already in this episode, we need to know how important it is for us. Okay. There are lots of studies that show that exercise actually lowers estrogen levels in obese women. Okay. The other one I haven't mentioned yet, but it's so important too, is to eat your fiber. Okay. Fibrous foods, things that are in like your vegetables and all of those grains, those whole foods, right? Um, fibrous foods help to decrease elevated estrogen levels. Why? How? Is because, you know, when we produce any of our sex hormones, but let's talk specifically about estrogen, we produce that estrogen. Our What should be happening is that we use it and then we lose it. Okay. But unfortunately, too many of us are dealing with um, detoxification pathway. Uh, they're just not functioning properly. Imbalances, okay? So either it's within the liver that it's not functioning in the liver or you may be experiencing constipation, okay? And so you're not like getting rid of these hormones um, in your poop every day okay so what happens is when you can't just use it then lose it in these through these detoxification pathways then that estrogen just kind of gets recirculated back into the body and so you become estrogen um, dominant your estrogen levels become much higher than your progesterone levels okay so it's really important that we get things moving okay so eating that high fiber foods what it does is it just helps usher out, all of that used estrogen from our body, okay? So we don't reabsorb it. All right, the other thing is, is, and it's a good way to get your fiber, is to eat your veggies, especially veggies that are in the cruciferous family, okay? So these are things that like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, and bok choy. Really anything green and leafy is always a good idea, okay? The other thing we can do is reduce our exposure to endocrine disruptors. A couple weeks ago, we talked about what, you know, can cause this um, endocrine disruption. Um endoc- endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with our natural hormones. All right, they're actually like um they are called xenoestrogens. They kind of, they mimic estrogen. So if we're trying to get rid of all this excess estrogen and then we're, you know, using things that make our bodies think we're taking in more estrogen, it really, really messes with that estrogen balance. So we want to do things like avoid plastic containers or cans, those water bottles come on, let's just get rid of those plastic water bottles. I know that they are convenient. (laughs) Dang it. It's like they're everywhere. But if you can get used to have carrying around like a glass little, you know, reusable water bottle or stainless steel or something like that, um, or just a water bottle, if you can at least find one that's, um, that's not made with BPA. Okay. This will make a big difference. The other thing to be really careful with is don't ever microwave plastic. Okay. So if you keep your foods in plastic, um, storage containers, right. And then you're reheating it, make sure you take it out of, I mean, first of all, if you can try to store your food in like a glass container, stainless steel butter. Okay. But let's say you are, uh, you do have it in some kind of a plastic storage, um, unit take it out before you reheat it. Oh, too much stuff happens in that microwave without reheating of the plastic. All of that junk just gets absorbed up into your food and then put into your body and it can cause this estrogen dominance. And it's one of those things that you just don't think about when you're like, I want to lose weight oh, okay, just don't, you know, just limit the amount of plastic that I'm exposed to. Okay. The other thing is, is try to choose organic foods when possible. Okay. I know it's not always possible. Sometimes they're a little more expensive, but luckily they're becoming more available. Most grocery stores do have organic options. Um, It's worth it. It's really worth it to try to avoid the chemicals that are put on um, a lot of the fruits and vegetables and all the things that can be you know exposed to that obviously i always say it's a good better best approach I just want you eating more fruits and vegetables, period. Okay. Then the next step would be to um, to try to choose organic. And then even better, if you could grow your own produce, I mean, there you go. That would be like gold star on your forehead for sure. Okay. So you want to choose the phthalate-free cosmetics as well in your personal care products. Okay. So your shampoos, your makeup, all the things, your uh, deodorant, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Try to look at the labels just like you do with your food and try to find the most natural ingredients that you possibly can use because it does have an effect. Anything that touches your skin or goes into your body is entering into your bloodstream and it has a huge effect on your hormone balance. Okay. The other thing you can consider, okay, especially for my girls that are getting into perimenopause, menopause, all of that is to consider a bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which uses plant-based hormones that are identical to those that we produce naturally. Um, And this can help to keep hormones balanced, but you need to talk to your doctor about this. This is something that you should get tested for. You need to understand where your levels are. You need to understand what your options are, and you need to not just rely on hormone replacement therapy, you need to do the other things that I've mentioned here today, their lifestyle, because otherwise the hormone um, replacement therapy is just a band aid. Okay. It's not going to help necessarily um, heal the hormonal imbalance. It's just going to help you kind of give you that little extra support that you need. Okay. I also want to mention, you know, speaking of estrogen and going back all the way back to insulin, where we started this episode, it's interesting because, and I had, I've meant to mention this before, but during perimenopause and menopause, which is starting so much earlier now for us girls, like basically women 35 and older, what's happening is that we are experiencing a loss of estrogen. Okay. Which this is natural. This is like a natural occurrence. It's just happening earlier than it usually does or used to. Um, So it's, what it does though, is it causes us to become more insulin resistant naturally. This is just part of the step um estrogen and insulin are extremely connected, okay so it's an important fact for us to be aware of um That's why when we are entering into this stage of life, it's important for us to kind of take a new approach to how much uh, to what we're eating how much we're eating, and then also how we're moving. Okay. So eating that extra protein and doing what you can to help balance insulin levels is even more important during these stages, because you are already prone to being insulin resistant. Okay. So you may, you know, when you're twenties and before this, these stages could have handled like some lots of sugar and you know, all of that stuff. And it didn't really have an effect on you. It will for sure have an effect on you. And it's not just the weight gain. It's the long-term health consequences we want to be aware of too. So, okay. So estrogen loss, you know, it can, it leads to weight gain because what happens is the body is looking for estrogen in our fat cells. And because it's lower, what it does is it causes the body to make more fat in order to make up for the estrogen loss super interesting things our body is is interesting is it does things that it's uh, meant to to help us but when you aren't living the proper lifestyle and you're not eating you know, a healthy diet, then our body can't function the way that it's supposed to be functioning optimally. Okay. So during perimenopause and then also menopause, I just want to continue on this for a bit because this is a big, this is a big phase of life, right? There's a lot of changes that happen during this time. There are obviously our other sex hormones are affected too. So I don't want to leave them out. <laughs> um, and they can have a huge effect on our weight as well. So progesterone for one it also is going to decrease as we age this is something natural is to be expected okay but progesterone loss progesterone loss i should say um is responsible for that bloated feeling right so like when you have that like puffy feeling and that water retention a lot of times that's a telltale sign that you are progesterone def- um, you have a progesterone deficiency okay so her time Obviously, it helps to prevent this. Okay. It helps to promote healthy progesterone production. So, this is why it's a lifesaver for all of you, no matter what age or stage you're at, but especially us that are in perimenopause and entering into menopause. It really, really helps that transition to go a lot more smoothly. Okay. The other thing that happens is testosterone. Okay. We start to lose testosterone, which is boo, right? Because um, during perimenopause, menopause, as this testosterone helps us um, to build muscle and it also helps us to burn calories, right? Um, so when our testosterone is low, whenever we have this type of hormone imbalance, it leads naturally to muscle loss, which then in turn leads to a lower metabolism, okay? So this is just kind of the process of life and we just need to be aware of it. But I'm just going to tell you girls, just pay attention and start now. No matter what age you're at, ladies, lift those weights. Weights, okay? Build that muscle. Muscle is our longevity organ. And in fact, muscle helps us to better be able to balance all of the hormones that we've already talked about today. So important. So important. I want all of us to understand it's not It's not always about just getting those calories burned, right? It's about being thoughtful about how we're exercising, being thoughtful about what we're eating, all of this. Okay. So there we go. (laughs) I hope this, this, uh, this episode made the subject of hormones and weight gain feel, um, like a much less tricky subject. Right. And I just want you girls to know that, um, it's when you understand what's going on with your body, your body and you start also implementing the strategies that we discussed, what we can do is help our bodies to achieve and then to keep us at a healthy weight and feeling like a million bucks, right? So that's the whole goal of this. Knowledge is power, all of that, right? And I just want you girls to know that I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm always happy to hear from you girls and telling me, you know, how much you've learned or what you've learned or the things that you've implemented into your life that's the whole goal of this podcast is we want to have these conversations so that we can feel our best and and age gracefully and you know do the things in this life that we're meant to do that we are here to do so i am so excited that we were able to have this um episode and i hope you guys found it helpful I don't want us to think of weight just as a willpower thing and a calories in and calories out thing. That's so old school, right? It really is all just about the hormones and hormone balance and our nutrition, our exercise and our lifestyle help bring and keep our hormones happy and healthy. Okay. Just remember that, especially right now, if you're in the beginnings of new programs and things like that. Um, Hopefully this gives you a, a sense of peace and control and some empowerment and all of that, right? So I hope you guys learned something new today. And of course, I would love to hear about it. Um, be sure to leave a comment, or even if you have a question, right? And while you're at it, give us a rating too. That helps us to be able to get out there and recognized um, on these different podcast platforms. It helps other girls be able to discover us, Um we super much, we appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. I know it takes like a couple extra steps to do that. But we really, it really does make a difference, and it allows us to be able to welcome some really cool guests. Because this year, I have a big goal to bring on some some amazing guests. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode we had with Doctor Doctor Wendy Trubo. I've got some other amazing doctors and other guests that are experts in their field. Um, hopefully, in the lineup to come uh, onto our show. And what happens is when they see that we have a lot of. Um, like ratings and reviews and high ratings, then they're more likely to want to be a guest on our show. So help us out. That would be so great. Also, we appreciate it. It makes a big difference when you share our episodes with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. And this information is something that can help um, so many of us. All right, Jess and I will be back again with a brand new episode next Tuesday. Remember, we always drop new episodes every Tuesday. Um, We look forward to being back with you girls. Until then, I hope you all have a fabulous week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.